1: It is Locked on NBA, Nate Duncan, dunked on basketball, a home and home podcast series coming your direction as we look at the awards and the season and the matchups and some playoff look-aheads all coming up on today's edition of Locked on NBA. I'm David Locke, host of Locked on NBA. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz and founder of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have you found your favorite NBA team daily podcast yet? Please, if you have not, subscribe to your favorite team's Locked On Podcast. Today's show with Nate Duncan. He's done a wonderful job with the daily national podcast, Dunked On Basketball with Danny LaRue, host our Locked On Warriors. We always have a good time. I went on his last week. He's coming on mine this week. We actually recorded them at the same time, home and home series. Uh, And so this one is all about awards. It's about uh, some of the playoff matchups to Nate's credit was done before the Warriors crushed the Spurs. You'll hear what he has to say about that. it was also done before Westbrook's latest barrage. But uh, I think all the conversations are still relevant in that regard. I want to welcome on a new sponsor today. It's Dell. They have got amazing things going on right now. Printers that cost just four hundred dollars a few years ago now cost less than hundred dollars, and some cost less than fifty dollars. So, Dell.com/NBA. I'll tell you a little bit more about them uh, coming up. They've got amazing, amazing deals for you uh, coming up, and it's going to be—you're uh, going to be glad you, you got this one. You got to make sure you, you grab it. Forty percent off all Dell. Uh, printers, it's almost half off. So uh, make sure you grab the – go check it out at dell.com slash NBA. All right, uh, SeatGeek, always a sponsor, always appreciate them. Uh, Promo code LOCKED will get you a $20 rebate after you make your purchase. I love it when I get – pictures of fans at games that say they they use the promo code. That is uh, truly one of my most uh, favorite things I see. And from the made-to-measure suit company Indochino. I hope you've checked them out, tried them out, Indochino.com, and the promo code LOCKED gets you half price off your made-to-measure suits. We'll get more about those sponsors as the show continues, but let's get right to it with our good friend Nate Duncan, Dunked On Basketball Podcast. If you've not already caught it, here's Nate. Well, he's Nate Duncan. Oh, I don't know. I have to like equal. You gave me an intro telling me that every guest I've ever had was better than me. So <laughs> I'm trying. We're, we're, you know, we're copycatting this. The big, the big, the big guys of the NBA podcast. We well, you can this. say that
0: I'm just continuing this, uh, the tradition of your podcast. Then,
1: right. Well, and you're you're influential <laughs> because you're daily. Your daily NBA podcast of Dunked On Basketball is part of the reason the Locked On Podcast Network uh, was created. When I watched, when I saw you doing that, there were many portions of what you were doing by being daily that I thought was smarter than everybody else. So um, I tip my hat to you. I tipped my hat to you, the efforts that you have uh, that you've put in on that.
0: All right. Well, and I should say too that, and I've said this before, but that your daily pod on the Jazz, you do it super early in the morning. I do it super late at night was kind of my inspiration to try to do something like that uh, for the, the whole NBA, so a uh, symbiotic relationship for us too, it would seem.
1: All right on your podcast, if you missed it, we did dunked on last week. Uh, th- and we really talked jazz and we talked some Western conference on this one, we're going to do a little more playoffs and then we're going to run uh, r- kind of run awards, uh, which is kind of stereotypical you know at this point of the season, but what else are you can talk about? and this year seems to be a better discussion than most. So let's start on the East. Uh, first off, as they all battle for it right now, how much does playoff seeding impact who you think will win the Eastern Conference?
0: That's a good question. I've been struggling with what the matchups will be for those four teams. I think that still everybody's going to want to avoid Cleveland as long as they can. I think that's uh, – Cleveland obviously has struggled. We, we know how bad – their defense has been really uh, since January 1st uh, and this month, especially I think they're 29th in the league in uh, defensive rating or twenty twenty 29th out of 29 teams since the Lakers are not even really playing to win anymore. Uh, so that, that's, I think the, the big issue. I'm not really sure. I do think that Toronto, if you're going to say what is the difference in the quality of th- this team versus like how much they improve by the matchup, I think Toronto has a pretty good advantage on Boston relative to how those teams have played uh, respectively during the season. That's the one that I would point to.
1: So the irony is if Boston goes and wins the uh, number one seed, they get Toronto in the second round.
0: Yeah, it's looking like that that's going to be the case with Toronto at four, but I still think it's obviously well worth it for Boston because then they would – avoid Cleveland which is you know you'd still rather do that and play Boston and then, of course they'll also have home court and I think that home court is uh, quite important for this Boston team they probably have the best home court advantage uh, of any of those teams uh, Toronto would be up there too but they've they've kind of laid some eggs in the playoffs at home so you, you'd probably look at Boston as having the best advantage there
1: last week we had Zach Harper of FanRag Sports on he didn't buy Isaiah Thomas as a playoff player do you?
0: I actually just talked about that a lot. We did a, our show, Danny and I earlier this or last week, I guess it would be now on the top 10 players in the NBA. I, I had him in a tier. I think I ranked him 10th and I believe that he can be effective in the playoffs. If he can continue to do the things that have made him good this year, like the last two years, he wasn't good. He got shut down by Amon Schumpert when they got swept by the Cavs in 2015. And then he had one crazy game against the Hawks. And then, Everybody on their team got injured, and he was just such a one-man bandit. And the Hawks also uh, are famous for the way that they like to trap the pick-and-roll. They're able to take the ball out of his hands, and no one else could make him pay. This year, though, I've been so impressed with what he can do off the ball. I mean, he's when he's off the ball, You know, he, if you compare him to, like, Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, some of the other guys that like to work off the ball, he's like an NFL-wide receiver compared to those guys where – the holding and stuff that doesn't work on him because he's just too fast. Whoever you put on him, if he can accelerate, he's just going to be faster. That guy, he's going to have better change of direction, and he's strong for his size, and so he can work off the Dhos and get separation that way. I think that that is something that can still work in the playoffs. And then if he can continue to be the shooter that he's been for three point range, when you go under on the pick and roll, you go under. On those DHOs, if he can stick that shot uh, as he has continued uh, to do all year, then I think he actually can be pretty effective offensively in the playoffs.
1: Question I have on Boston: I'm impressed whenever I watch them that I believe that Brett they have a we- they'll always have a weakness, right? So Isaiah can't play defense, or Marcus Smart can't shoot, or or something of that sort that's on the floor, and they never seem to get that exploited in. The playoffs last year, I went back through some notes I'd written, um, frankly, some tweets I had sent, and the one thing I kept talking about was that in the playoffs, you just get exposed if you have one-sided players on the floor. Can Boston and Brad Stevens get away with that kind of stuff in the playoffs?
0: Yeah, you could lump uh, their defensive rebounding into that category as well, perhaps, although not really with uh, the way Cleveland plays now. I think there's not as much of a concern that any of those top four teams are really going to kill him on the offensive glass. Maybe you could look at Valanchunas as the one guy who could do that, but I think they'll run him off the floor on the other end, so it's, it's not going to matter. Um, yeah, I, 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 with Smart not being able to shoot, when he he plays a lot of backup point guard now, he's kind of taken Evan Turner's role from last year. I think that doesn't matter as much. He'll get into the post. He'll run pick and rolls. Uh, and I think that he probably – is not necessarily going to be a part of some of their closing lineups. Maybe he would be, he would play, he could play the three. I think he's a good enough shooter. Uh, the other one, of course, is Isaiah Thomas and DeMar DeRozan has killed Boston most famously in a game earlier in the year when they beat them in Boston by just doing a small, small pick and roll, getting the ISO on Isaiah. And then he, I think he could be limited when he has good defense on him, but, Isaiah, he can just work into a position and shoot right over him, and I think he is a very good matchup against Boston. That's part of why I said that I thought Toronto had a solid matchup against the Celtics.
1: Do you, uh, we had the coach on last week. He, uh, he sounded to me lukewarm on Washington. I kind of like Washington just because their starting five is the best of any of these teams have, and you just play less bench minutes in the NBA in the playoffs, and that's their weakness. Uh, am I, What's your feeling on Washington.
0: If they just if Otto Porter were like a real stopper, I would be buying them whole hog. Uh, and I think their bench actually has gotten better now with the addition of Bogdanovich. Mahimi actually is, has looked pretty good uh, of late. Uh, Kelly Oubre is back in the rotation. He's improved defensively this year, even if he can't shoot. So I think they have, a, a, and Brandon Jennings is at least like passable as a backup point guard now. Uh, so. I think they actually, their bench is okay. I just, I'm not sure, especially if they have to guard DeRozan. I think they're going to really struggle to guard him. If they have to guard LeBron James, they're going to really struggle to guard him. Uh, So I I don't like either of those matchups for them. And now maybe they can just outscore those teams. But if your plan is to outscore Cleveland, I don't think you're going to get there.
1: LeBron's still the best player in the world, right?
0: Yeah, I write to I write to number one. I don't know whether he is or not. I mean, he hasn't been the best player in this regular season. He wasn't the best player last regular season. He was great in the playoffs last year, but we wouldn't be talking about that if Draymond Green doesn't get suspended. You know, he doesn't. He had three great games down the end of that series, but uh, you know, so we could be saying that, yeah, you know, he played at one of the, an all-time great level for one series last year and was very solid, of course, in the Eastern conference playoffs too, but he's a year older now. His defense has been really bad this year as uh, all the Cavs have been. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt until we get there uh, to that. He's the best, but uh, you know, we don't know it based on his regular season performance, but you know, he has a history of uh, these last few years of really turning it up in the playoffs. We just don't know whether he can do that because he's a year older now.
1: If Cleveland is going to lose in the Eastern Conference playoffs, they are most likely to lose to whom? We'll get that answer from Nate for a second, but I want to make sure you know about this deal. 40% off all Dell printers. That's almost half off. This is an incredible deal. Dell dot com slash NBA printers. Remember, they used to cost like four hundred bucks. And then they got to less than hundred. Now, I mean, you can get great printers that cost less than fifty bucks, and they're now forty percent off on Dell. And these printers do everything. If you look, I'm like right behind me right now. I've got this big loading thing, and now you get them. They're smaller. They've got endless features. They're great for businesses to use around the house. Three D printers, wireless. You can print from a thumb drive. You can do everything. Now on these printers, they're so incredibly multi-dimensional, and Dell is giving you forty percent off on all of them by going to Dell.com/NBA. You go, and they're there. They're all sitting there. There's multiple choices for you. You can look through the whole site. Go to Dell.com. Slash NBA and you get forty percent off all printers. This deal is not lasting; it's a podcast special. Make sure you jump on it immediately. They want me to say for one week only, but I hopefully it's going to you know, last a few a little bit longer than that because this is an evergreen podcast. So get get it get it get it get it get it get it. The Dell slash NBA. Now, Nate, if someone's going to beat Cleveland, who's it going to be?
0: Ooh, that is an interesting question. Crazy as it is to say, because they've struggled so much against them, if Kyle Lowry can come back and be decent, I think Toronto, because I actually really like what Toronto can do defensively against them now, uh, with they've got guys who can switch onto LeBron. I think PJ Tucker is, you know, he's not the rim protector that Draymond Green is, but just in terms of his strength, you need someone that LeBron James can't just back down in the post and just force you to double team. And then he throws it out for a three on every possession, you know, and that's, that's what happened to Toronto in those, especially those first two games, the Cavs were at home when they just completely destroyed them and and put the series away. Uh, So if they have someone and then Ibaka, I think is pretty mobile at center. He also spaces the floor a little bit more than some of their other centers. I just really like what they can do defensively. And then Cleveland doesn't have a great matchup for DeRozan either. You know, it's forgotten now, DeRozan actually had a pretty decent individual series. Again, you go back to, you know, as long as he has the size advantage on guys, unless they're going to have LeBron James guard him, he's going to, again, be able to work to his spots, you know, get his little foul calls, pump fake guys in the air, shoot his mid-rangers, which he's very effective at. Uh, So if they can defend on one end and go to DeRozan on the other, and and Lowry can at least be, you know, 90% of what he is, and he actually makes some shots, which is always a question for him in the playoffs. I think I like them with the best chance of defending Cleveland. I just don't think that the Celtics and the Wizards can defend well enough and then you're in a shootout with Cleveland and you're not going to win that.
1: I think the Ibaka at the five lineup changes Toronto too.
0: Yeah, and I think even just for offensively perhaps as well because with someone like DeRozan or Lowry and Ibaka can run some pick and pop too. I think that they're they're a lot harder to guard offensively now with some of those lineups as well.
1: All right, uh, Western Conference, San Antonio done enough roster-wise or team-wise or Kawhi Leonard-wise to make you believe they are not susceptible to the same playoff outage they had last year?
0: Well, it helps that there's, the third seed isn't as good as Oklahoma City was last year and that the third seed doesn't have – the crazy athleticism advantage that Oklahoma City and, and strength and power advantage that Oklahoma City had over really any team last year that was in the playoffs. Um, I worry about two things with San Antonio. I, I think that they are can a much better regular season team than they have been really throughout the Popovich era with the exception probably of 2014, maybe 2013, for two reasons. One is that they have – some open source defensively that if you really lock in on, they can be picked at. You know, David Lee, Pau Gasol, LaMarcus Aldridge, Pop has done an amazing job, Kyle Anderson. Pop's done an amazing job of getting a number one defense out of a defense that has those guys on it. But if you're really trying to target those guys game after game, you know, especially if you're a Golden State or even Houston in the pick and roll, I think that that could be a big problem. And then offensively... This team doesn't have enough shooting. They shoot a great percentage from three, but they don't get up enough get up enough attempts. They play with two bigs nearly all the time. You know Aldridge and Gasol both shoot threes well, but that's not really their number one thing. Is to just space out there and shoot those. they so They'll shoot like two a game each, if that. And then Parker, you don't have to guard at the three point line. So now you're really stuck with all right. We're going to iso Kawhi. We're going to iso Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, Because if they're running pick-and-roll stuff, you can just help enough off their shooters that you just got to kind of hope that those guys can win their matchups. And if you're really going up against good defense, I'm not sure that this Spurs team can score that well. Now, you're talking about flaming out before the conference finals. I don't know that there's any team, maybe the Jazz actually would be the one I would look at that would have the best chance of really slowing them down. I don't see the Clippers or Houston being that type of defense that's going to really slow them down. But certainly in a matchup against the Warriors, I'm very skeptical of San Antonio's ability to score.
1: I feel like the Spurs have a psychological mojo on the Jazz, but I have no idea if that's true. I don't know if I've just made that up in my head just by being around for so long or whether that's actually true, but that's kind of my feeling. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, you would think so, right? They've killed them basically all, all the time. You I mean, couldn't even used to coach there, you know, so right. maybe even Pop has, has something over him in that way. So, yeah, I mean, that, I'm not predicting that. Uh, you know, they beat them. And I think that Houston still matches up well with San Antonio with their three-point shooters, and they like to play those two bigs. Um, so, but, you know, I think uh, that would be a really interesting series if that two-three happens, uh, Houston and San Antonio.
1: You're around the Warriors all the time. Uh, sometimes I think that's good because it gives you insight. Sometimes I think as I am with the Jazz, it only means you're too deep into the weeds. Uh, what's your feeling? I talked to a guy in the league Who is a personnel guy who knows the Warriors well, who's been around the league, who thinks that they are beginning to be infested with the disease of me, and thinks that they're vulnerable to cracks in the postseason? Do you buy it?
0: I think that if there are cracks, it would just be, you know, Draymond Green just like doing something dumb and getting suspended. I I think, uh, to be honest, I think that every NBA team is always going to have internal drama because the Warriors have more of a focus on them, that stuff comes out more maybe than it would for other teams. I mean, they're still playing really well. I do think that there is a little bit of an issue of, all right, is it going to be Steph who has the ball all the time? Is it going to be KD? But I think maybe with KD's injury, you you could say if he's going to be working his way back in, that it might actually help to create that hierarchy a little bit, especially at the end of the game. I mean, during, during, most games, you know, they pass it around and it's great. But then, you know, they had really struggled in the clutch uh, for a lot of these games with Steph and KD. And, and they're a great t- clutch team last year when they knew where they were going every time. Um, I always kind of hate that trope. But I think in this case, it's actually uh, been telling. So, I, you know, I mean, the, the disease of me, the disease of more, whatever it is, everybody else would love to have uh, those kind of problems. At the end of the day, all of these guys are quality guys who all really want to win who take care of themselves, who are, they're always going to defend. I mean, that's, that's another thing too, is that their defense is unbelievable. So I, I'm not really that worried. I might've been a little bit more worried when they, you know, lost a bunch of games after KD went down, but they really righted the ship. They had a nice win in Houston last night, even without him. So I think that that, while those issues may even exist, I, I don't think that they're going to be fatal especially in the playoffs, I think that those issues matter more over the course of a, a full season even sometimes.
1: Mm, that's interesting. That might be really true. In fact, the coach actually alluded to that last week where the coach I brought up the, the scenario of the coach uh, where Blake Griffin is driving in, you know, down two or three games to one in a playoff series in the first round, and he is he thinking to himself, oh my gosh, like if we don't pull this thing off. I'm, I don't have to move out. He's got his top down. He's in his Lamborghini, whatever. And like, oh my gosh, we don't pull this off. I don't have to move, right? Like, They're not bringing me back. And he, his coach's viewpoint was during the playoffs players don't think about that. And so then I actually changed the question. And You're telling me in the last 20 games of the season, he's like, whoa, 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 you didn't ask me that. You asked me about playoff game. Like, their only thing about winning that one, winning the next one in the playoffs. But final 20 games of the season, you bet your ass they're talking about their, thinking about their free agency and everything else. So I think that's that's interesting. You kind of make the same comment there, uh, backing backing that up. Warriors-Spurs, who's better?
0: I, I think it's pretty clearly the Warriors. I'm very interested to see the game tonight, uh, how that looks without Kevin Durant. But, yeah, I, I don't think I – mean, we don't have much of a sample. Obviously, the Warriors rested all their guys. San Antonio rested a lot of guys, too, or had guys injured in that second game. The first game was just a very odd game at a point where – The Warriors' defense was horrendous for the first five or ten games of the season, and they really made some changes, and and they got better on the defensive glass and got more comfortable with one another, started playing harder. Uh, So I I would more look back to last year's regular season uh, as the best proxy that we have for what's going to happen, and I think that uh, when it gets down to it, I don't think that San Antonio is going to be able to score over the course of a seven-game series efficiently enough to deal with the Warriors. I think they play pretty good defense. And then also there's the issue that, you know, they're going to be playing two bigs and the Warriors are going to go small. Is that really going to work? Or are they going to have to go with Kawhi at the four? Pop has been doing that a little more lately, but he only did it when they were down 30 in the second half of game six against Oklahoma city in the playoffs last year. Uh, So whether he is going to go to that lineup or not, and then, you know, is Parker going to be able to hit shots? The Warriors are great at not guarding guys who can't hit shots. Uh, I just think that uh, San Antonio, has a very regimented system that works well in the regular season, but that when you can really lock in on them, as I said. And also, you know, their bench is what wins them a lot of games. And, you know, as you noted before, benches don't play nearly as much or as well. I mean, that great San Antonio bench got killed in the Oklahoma City series last year. So uh, I think it's very clearly the Warriors.
1: All right, let's go to awards. Uh, most improved player in the NBA. Oh, no. I think, I hate this award, but. Actually, um, I hate y- this award Yannis except for this year. The this
0: yeah, Giannis added to compose the answer.
1: Yeah, see, th- I hate this award. But this year I actually think it's the first time where you might – what it usually is is the like third-year player who got a chance to play, right? Like That's usually what this award is. And they're not actually most improved. What about Otto Porter?
0: He just hasn't taken the, the leap that Giannis took. I mean, Giannis went from not even – a glimmer in anybody's eye for being an all-star consideration to starting the all-star game quite deservedly and being, you know, at worst, a top 15 player in the NBA is basically going to lead that Bucks team to the playoffs as, as, their only really, you know, premium talent on that team. Um, you know, Chris Milton's a nice player, but you know, he's, he's a supporting guy. So uh, that would be it for me. I mean, just to, to make the leap that he's made defensively, blocking shots he's done in transition his efficiency I think that it's got to be him you know you hate sometimes for young guys but I mean Otto Porter he's kind of doing everything that he was doing before but just doing it at a more efficient level I don't think he's that good defensively I think he's a little overrated frankly he's very efficient but he doesn't have a ton of volume so he's definitely a very solid player and you know he's probably going to get a max contract and and because there just aren't any good wings who can even pretend to be two-way guys in the league. But to make the, the leap that Giannis made into being like getting to that absolute all-star level, we don't see that very often in the most improved, but I think it should be because it's just so hard to get there. And he's just added so many skills this year, that's why I would probably favor him. But I have not gone through and really looked at everybody with that caveat. But it would be hard for us to find somebody who's improved more uh, than Giannis
1: has. All right, I'm going to find one for you, but I'm going to defend Otto Porter for a quick second. And my one I find is probably the one who should win the award over Giannis. We'll do that in a second. Let me tell you about SeatGeek. Go on your phone. Simply go to the App Store, whether you're on Apple or Android, and download the SeatGeek app. And now you are venturing into a world that makes ticket buying easy for you. It's so terrific. You just tap the app, find the event you want to go to, and SeatGeek compiles all of the tickets from all around everywhere for you and then gives every ticket a ticket score. So if you want to go see one of the baseball games coming up or an NBA playoff game or maybe even a concert that's coming to your area, you just simply click on the event, It shows you the tickets. You can set up a price score. You can put up a little heart on that event so it knows to keep an eye on on that event. And you can see where all the tickets are that are available. And then when you purchase them, it's secure and it comes right to your phone. It's making ticket buying easy. The best part, if you use the promo code LOCKED, you get a $20 rebate after your first purchase. So right now, download the SeekyCAP. Go to the Settings tab. Enter in the promo code LOCKED. And you will get a $20 rebate back from SeatGeek. All right, here's my claim for Otto Porter and my other most improved candidate. His field goal percentage went from 47 to 52. His three-point percentage went from 36 to 41, to 44, excuse me. And his uh, effective field goal percentage obviously then went up from 54 to 62%. And his free-throw shooting went up from 75 to 82 he is playing three more minutes a game. I love candidates like Otto Porter. I love candidates like Giannis Antetokounmpo because they've improved, not just because they got minutes, but the third one in this conversation is Rudy Gobert, who moved himself yeah, no, he, from... He, is, he would
0: absolutely be in the conversation. Like, And I like him, too, because, again, it, like Porter, a, a lot of what you're saying is, all right, he's just shooting the ball better, and he doesn't shoot that much, too, so some of that could could just be luck. I mean, I, I'm not saying he hasn't improved, but some maybe he hasn't improved quite that much to be... 44% three-point shooter. Gobert, his finishing, what he's been able to do to catch and finish this year, it's just night and day compared to where he was earlier in his career.
1: Who's your first team All-NBA center?
0: Uh, let me go and look at it here. It was Anthony Davis the last time he okay. did
1: this. You're viewing him as uh, a center?
0: It, yeah, I mean he was playing a lot of center. He was
1: he's going to be, ma- be mad at you for that. You know, He doesn't want to play center.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm aware of that. Uh, I, Demarcus Cousins was not in my All NBA team at, at, at center. We we said we were going to talk about that more on my show. Maybe we should still talk about that.
1: Uh, yeah, we never got show, to that. We never got to that. Maybe you have to jump in yeah. and edit your show and say, actually, that'll happen on Locked On NBA. Um, uh, no. What is you, give me give me your, your give me your cousin's that. take? I've I, mine's pretty well known. What's your cousin's take? Well, I've come more to your viewpoint
0: as I said on my show. And it's not even so much some of the attitude stuff, which, you know, again, I think you p- place a little bit more of an emphasis on than I do seeing with the way that, you know, certain players, uh, Ennis Cantor maybe uh, among them can kind of torpedo team chemistry and the whole addition by subtraction thing. But it's more just that he is out of shape and he can't stop anybody. You know what I mean? And th- that's the biggest reason why I'm really out on him, at this point is it's just so damaging to have a center who can't stop anybody. And, you know, you having someone like him, I think he can get you to 40 wins just because you need someone to score and he can create a bunch, a bunch of shots. And if he's out there, you can at least make sure that your offense isn't going to be bad. You know, you're probably going to always have like, you know, 20th, 15th ranked offense at a minimum with him out there. Yeah. Except for the fact that
1: that Sacramento was 20th with him.
0: Well, uh, you'd have to probably look at where he was on the floor, uh, where they were with him on the floor, too. But uh, I mean, I think just in general, they've been pretty decent offensively with him on the floor, and Sacramento not known for having a ton of shooting either. But nonetheless, uh, and he's not a perfect offensive player either. He probably takes too many shots and, and is less efficient than he could be, he turns it over a lot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the not getting back on defense, not getting in a stance on the, on the pick and roll, his offensive rebounding is really declining. He's just not in the type of shape. That he needs to be in. If he got into a lot better shape, I think that he could get back to being effective. And I think he was a lot more effective two years ago, the the Mike Malone season uh, before he got fired, and then you know the end of Malone's first season, uh, than really has been at any point since then because he's just not in the type of shape. He's the slowest player by the sport view data in terms of miles per hour in the NBA. Uh,
1: that's interesting. Uh, here's a quote I got from someone. I asked someone. I'm going to leave out. I'm not going to give any clues. Uh, tell me two things that I don't know about DeMarcus Cousins. And they said he's a lot smarter than you realize and he won't work at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's something that I've, that I've heard too, that especially from like a cardio standpoint, lifting standpoint, he's just he's not doing what he needs to be doing. And, and I think there was a time when he was doing more of that where he had lost some weight, slimmed up a little bit, and now he's just, you know, his, his trunk, I mean, he's just like, He's popping out of that jersey, you know, around his midsection these days.
1: Uh, where were we before we got distracted? Into, oh, we were First talking about so right. what do you decide? Anthony Davis is your center?
0: Yeah, I, the last time I really looked at it, I thought so. And now with Cousins having missed a bunch more games, he, he's played enough there. I would guess if you went and looked through, he's probably played more than 50% of his minutes at center. So so he would be it. I think I had uh, Marcus Gasol as my second team and Gobert as my third team as of like two, three weeks ago.
1: Okay. I mean, it's really, it's, I mean, Gobert didn't make the All Star team. Like, now he's either first or yeah, second. Which, which team, or third was team, ridiculous, All-NBA.
0: by right. the way. I mean, the fact that DeAndre made it over him was, was a farce. Well, actually, DeMarcus far.
1: making over him was a bigger farce than DeAndre, in my opinion, but <laughs> just if we're going to continue on the DeMarcus Cousins uh, kick, uh, give me your All NBA, while we're at it, give me your All NBA wings. I think this one's fascinating.
0: Uh, Kawhi and LeBron, I think very yeah. clearly. Uh, on the first team, my second team was Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler. Although I might actually Ooh. switch him back, switch him back with Giannis at this point. I mean, with, with the way the Bucks again have, have started surging, and then I, I had a, a, this. I'm actually doing forwards uh, rather than right. wings here. Uh, and then Dr- Draymond Green was in that mix for, for me as well with uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, just barely. Missing out, um, it, he would probably be you know in that same tier Who with do you, those guys. You, we uh,
1: got to talk about this. You have two guys on there that I didn't have making mine, and now I can't figure. Now you got me buckled. I didn't have I Jimmy thought, Butler or Gordon Hayward. I had six guys without them. Oh, I might have had Anthony Davis as a forward.
0: That's probably what it was. Yeah.
1: All right. So and, then, who's the other guy don't, that you have that I don't have?
0: Jimon Green, Giannis,
1: Kawhi Leonard. And LeBron James, Giannis Adetokounmpo, Draymond Green.
0: Kevin Durant, you have him Ke- out. I,
1: I had, yeah, yeah. So Giannis and Kevin Durant, I had his second team. Draymond Green, third team. And then that would be, then you get into either Gordon, Jimmy Butler, or Paul George.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think the reason I have Hayward just a little bit below Butler, who's probably, uh, and Green is always so hard to value because he's just not the same type of player as all the rest of these guys who are one of the primary creators for their teams. Um, and you just don't know exactly how effective he would be defensively outside of Golden State. I happen to think pretty effective, but we don't really know that. I think it's harder for me to translate his skills to another team than maybe you know someone like Hayward. Like, all right, if he needs to just go in and run a bunch of pick and rolls anywhere else, he could be good as long as he had some shooting around him. But I think Hayward is a little bit more prone to getting shut down by the best defenders. And while he has really improved defensively, I don't have him quite on the level of, of someone like uh, Butler or even Giannis as well, who protects the rim a, a lot more than Hayward does. Is really plays as more of a four. Uh, so that's the reason. Although I still, you know, it's pretty close for Hayward certainly because he's having a wonderful season.
1: The interesting one to me on Hayward, Butler, and George. Hold that thought. I'll tell you that interesting thing in just a second. I want to tell you about Indochino. Have you had a made-to-measure suit before? They are so much better than generic off-the-rack suits. Indochino is so cool. You go to the website indochino.com. Then you pick your fabric, you customize everything you want about it. They've got the selection is endless. It's almost it's just like, "Whoa, I want this or I want that or I want these or I want those." Then when you're all done with it you're like well what's the where's the made to measure part and then comes the measurement and it's so detailed it's terrific I've got myself some Indochino clothes and now everything else I wear just feels a little off the made to measure suit is a totally different ball game than anything you've ever had before if you haven't done it if you have done it before then Indochino's the place because the prices are great with the promo code locked at checkout you get an any premium Indochino suit for just 3 $189 at Indochino.com. That's 50% off the regularly priced made-to-measure premium suit. Shipping is free as well. So do it now. Go to Indochino.com. Pick your fabric. Pick your me- Do your measurements. Sit back, and in a few weeks you'll have your made-to-measure suit, and you will look just solid across the board with an Indochino suit. The compliments will be flowing. Make sure you use the promo code LOCK to get 50% off on your premium made suit. Now, George, Butler, Hayward. And I've been trying to figure it out. And finally, I had a
0: really good yeah, friend. And I the, had Hayward above George, by the way, even though both of them were off my team.
1: So I, I have a really, really good friend in the league who I really enjoy my time when I talk to him. Say to me, you know, the thing is that everybody sees Butler and George making late game one-on-one shots. It's the hardest thing in the league to do. And so they value that over what Gordon does. So we then came to the consensus Tell me what you think of this, that Gordon Hayward is actually a better player to have as your teammate and on your team than Paul George and Jimmy Butler for 40, the first 45 minutes of the game. And they might be better to be on your team for the final three minutes of the game. And it just dictates what you value.
0: Well, both those guys are better defensively than Gordon. Uh, uh, Gordon's great. pretty good defensively.
1: Gordon's much better it, defensively than people realize. If you, no, I, as and, someone who watches him time. every day, I, I'm gonna stick up for Gordon's defense a little bit. I have, I have never seen him get worked. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I'll stick up for him on that too. I think it's good, but it's not quite at that level, especially over the number of years that we're talking about too, with George and Butler. I see that argument with Hayward because and also Hayward plays in a much better system than Butler. We don't know whether he just can't play in a system that really moves the ball because things have been so screwed up with the Bulls in terms of their spacing and and their offense and, and his teammates ever since, you know, these 3 years that he's been, you know, a star player. Um, but Gordon is a better off-ball shooter. You know, I could see it with Butler because the way he has played is as kind of a ball stopper and you know, if you have other good players around him, Maybe it doesn't work as well. It's harder for him to coexist. George, uh, due to his shooting ability, I think can work uh, can work pretty well with anybody, you know, just as much as Hayward can. Uh, maybe a little bit more of a prickly personality than Gordon, but I think if he also had like another real good player on his team, that some of that would be muted.
1: The uh, all right, uh, your coach of the year,
0: Greg Popovich, and it, it has annoyed me that he is not even being brought up at all. It's been Spolstra, D'Antoni. They've, they've done a wonderful job, certainly, and with, especially Spolstra just when they were 1130. This just didn't look possible. Uh, but, I mean, let me ask you this question. Who's the best coach in the league?
1: Greg Popovich. But Eric Spolstra, holy smokes!
0: Yeah, I, I think so. But, I mean, it's not only one of the – because. I would say, hey, you know, you should vote for the best coach, regardless, Uh, you know, whoever the best coach is. That, of course, would get boring because coaching doesn't really change in the way that players' performance do as much. But you also just have to look at what he's gotten defensively and offensively. I mean, defensively, especially out of a team that includes those guys we talked about earlier in the front court and. You know, a 36-year-old Tony Parker, and mine Ginobili is 30, – 36, what I say. He's like 33. Ginobili is like 39, and, and just with really only two or three premium defensive players to get that defensive performance. And then with some of the spacing issues they have, still playing two bigs to get the offensive performance out of that team as well. I mean, they're just – if you want to look at, like, who has most outperformed their talent this year and – outperformed it at a championship level, I think it is the Spurs, and then you just look at Pop's track record and the fact that he probably is the best coach in the league, he's got to at least be in the discussion, and to me, he, he should win it.
1: All right, and the final one for Nate Duncan of Dunked On Podcast, MVP.
0: I haven't gone through the numbers very since in the last three weeks, and it is a close enough race between Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, that you know, it really could change even over these last ten games. I think, you know, they are all extremely close. I looked at Russell Westbrook's clutch performance and, you know, he had another ridiculous game against the Mavericks where he scored twelve of their last fourteen points and brought them back from thirteen down in the last three thirty on Monday of last week against the Mavericks. Um, overall his clutch numbers have been very good. Most clutch points, uh, also just what he does for a very limited Oklahoma city team with his particular style, uh, off the fast break. I think that that's really what it's gotta be just in really what puts him over the the top is his clutch performance. LeBron also and Kawhi have also actually been awesome in the clutch too. Um, but Westbrook also has played more games than LeBron, and, and LeBron's team you know, has lost, I think, all five or six games that he hasn't played this year, so that's got to be part of it as well. Uh, Kawhi has missed some, missed some games also. And Harden hasn't been quite as good in the clutch. I mean, again, these guys are basically all the same, so I, I'm sure I'm going to rouse people's ire here. When I looked at it, it was Westbrook. I actually would say that Westbrook is not as good as those other three guys, I actually don't think he's as good as Stephen Curry or Kevin Durant either, frankly. But just what he's for what he's done this year, even if he's gotten somewhat lucky in the clutch, if you're just measuring who added the most wins to their team this year, I would probably have to say that it's uh, Russell Westbrook. But you know, I, I don't feel great about that. It is just so close. This is easily the best MVP debate in my lifetime.
1: By the way, the uh, win probability stat has it completely... Uh, one-sided on who's added the most wins to their team, and it's Isaiah Thomas.
0: Yeah, because he's he's been really clutch in uh, as well. I mean, we've seen some unbelievable clutch performances this year. And that, that win probability stat is basically just like, all right, if you make a two-point shot with 30 seconds left, that takes your chance of winning the game from 25% to 75% or something. So you add up all those percentages. That's basically how that works, right?
1: Yes, so it's the importance of... You know, some extent of the importance of the clutch shot. All right, fi- uh, my only question on this, and then I will let you go. Wait, wait, Cole, can we get your MVP pick? Right well, on? here's my question: the reason I will not vote Westbrook for number one is because he's eight, they're 18th in the league offensively,
0: and I feel yeah, like he's. But I think they're like 12th or so when he's on the court. He has the worst backups in the league.
1: Yeah, I, I still I don't I don't love what I just mentioned. That to me, that's a negative. Is that unfair on my part?
0: Well, I think it, it's. It's unfair of you to say that because Samajé Kristen and Cameron Payne and the $2.5 million that they're paying Ronnie Price to not be on the team this year are really terrible offensively, that he should somehow get penalized for that. I mean, I think if you look at the talent on that team, getting them to be, you know, and I haven't looked at it in the last few weeks, but when I last looked, they were 12th when he was on the floor, uh, that that is a very remarkable performance when you consider just how incredibly flawed that roster is Uh, offensively. They've got, like, one guy you can shoot threes.
1: Hey, every time they've beat us, he single-handedly, done it, and every time I walk out of the arena, I wonder, is that how they've won every single one of their games? And maybe the answer that is yes, and then he should be the MVP. Otherwise, as of now, I think I'm hard in one. (sighs) I think, I don't have to vote. I, and I maybe should keep it that way, but if you're going to push me, I think, and gosh, uh, to your point, they're minuscule difference. And some of the logic here is stupid. But I am Harden 1. I am LeBron 2 because he's the best player in the world. Okay? And I just can't put the best player in the world lower than 2. It's like, all right, we voted Charles Barkley and Karl Malone for MVP when Michael Jordan was the best player in the world. I get we do this, but I'm still putting him as the best player in the world, number 2. And then... You might have swayed me to put Russ three, but I had Kawhi three um, and Russ four and Durant five. I had Durant as MVP before he was injured. I would point that out. I thought he was the best. I thought he was the MVP before he was injured.
0: Huh. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have had him in the top five, I, I don't think, just because he he actually has disappointed me a little bit offensively this year. He's the best like, offensive
1: player in the league.
0: Yeah, but if you, because I I think about it too, is like you know if you just put this guy in an average team, you know, it, like he it, maybe, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but I think he just this year he has not really been the one creating the shot that often. You know, he's been either you know making cuts, attacking in transition. You, you know, when he's been the one who's really creating the play, creating the opening. You know, his, his isolation game hasn't been nearly as effective this year. So I think just in terms of watching him every day, and, and you know he's been solid defensively, but they've been just as good without him, which is, is something to consider. Uh, he's had a, a wonderful season, and he's been playing the way that he's needed to play for this team. But he has not been as effective at some of the things that he was really good at in Oklahoma City.
1: Here's the thought I have on him: I think it's interesting metric-wise, and I've always believed this, and I people think I'm crazy. I think teammates have very little impact on other teammates' performance. I think there's a few that maybe do, but I think very few do. I think you take a player and move them to teams, and they'll, by the time that ball is in their hand and they're having that experience, it's, their ability level is the same. His offensive pack rating, which is my offensive system, is the exact same this year as it was last year. Exact same. Number, yeah, he's, and, he's, and, and worth pointing out, he's number one in the NBA this year. He was number two in the league last year behind Steph.
0: Yeah, and I just – to me, he has not been the one – he has been fantastic in his role, but he's just been more of a play finisher than a creator, and that's a little bit less valuable to me. I mean, he's still awesome, and I think if you put him back as the man on another team, it would be different. But just like the plays that he's created is not impressed me as much. By the way, my final order, I had Russ number one – I shouldn't say final, but as of now – Russ number one, Kawhi number two, LeBron three, and Harden four, which I'm sure will arouse some ire in Houston. Uh, I think the reason I had Harden last is I think just because of his defensive deficiencies and also because he is just in such a perfect system for him. Again, he's doing it. You know, LeBron, or Durant is not in the perfect system for him to showcase his individual talents anymore. Uh, but I'm. Uh, I think that it gives me a little reason to grade on a curve. But, again, this is completely impossible. I could very easily buy Harden as the MVP, any of these three guys, uh, except maybe LeBron because his team has kind of been going downhill lately. Uh, I would be very happy with as the MVP, and it's so rare that you can say that.
1: And when someone asked me about Houston-San Antonio matching up, I like San Antonio because of the fact that uh – when Kawhi guards Harden, I think Kawhi wins that battle, which means I should have Kawhi as the MVP. And so on that note, I have no idea. If, when you are done listening to your daily Locked On podcast about your favorite team, you can go listen to Dunked On as the national daily podcast. Make sure you catch Nate on that. Nate, thank you very much for your time.
0: My pleasure. Anytime.
1: That is Nate Duncan. His podcast is Dunked On Basketball. Make sure you subscribe. Have you subscribed to your daily NBA podcast for your favorite team. The Locked Podcast Network has one for you as well. Special thanks to today's sponsors. Indochino, made-to-measure suits. It will change the way you feel about getting dressed and wearing top-quality fabrics that fit correctly. Go to Indochino.com, promo code LOCKED. SeatGeek, $20 back after your first purchase when the SeatGeek makes things absolutely perfect for ticket buying. SeatGeek with the promo code LOCKED. And finally, Dell with a special deal for you right now. Dell.com slash NBA. That's Dell.com slash NBA. 40% off all printers right now. That is today's edition of Locked on NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day.